You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. So often, the conversation around brand visibility revolves around getting more, more visibility opportunities, meeting more people, putting ourselves out there more, creating more content. But what about leveraging the things that we've already created, the visibility we've already had? I think that there's a beautiful opportunity to pause and revisit the content, the interviews, the media features that we've had that is still relevant today, that is so high quality, such an incredible experience that it lasts, that it's still exciting and impactful to take it in years later and to find out and explore ways that we can share it, amplify it, and leverage it. Well, that's exactly what this episode is doing. I am living by example here today. I have been going through and revisiting some of my media features, some of my conversations that I've had and visibility opportunities and content that I've created. And today I am bringing you an episode that I recorded way back in 2020. So much has changed since then. But this conversation is just as relevant today as it was then. And this interview was originally created on another podcast. So I just want to pause for a moment and remind you that when you are resharing visibility opportunities that you did in collaboration with someone else, whether it was them interviewing you, co-writing an article, you name it, going live with you on a social media platform like Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, you're not just leveraging incredible content that you've already created and amplifying that instead of creating more, but you're also sharing that visibility and amplifying the other person involved with that. And for me, I couldn't be more excited to amplify and share with you the person that interviewed me. It's one of my favorite people. So in this episode, I am being interviewed by Rachel Cook over at the Promote Yourself to CEO podcast. And it's just one of my favorite interviews that I had in 2020. We're talking about values-based marketing. And Rachel is also sharing some real lived experience that 
she went through as she explored really integrating her values and her front-facing marketing. What is happening that everyone else can witness? (laughs) We're also talking about some underlying mindsets and thought processes and some tangible support to get you thinking about how that may apply for yourself. Now, if you're wondering who's Rachel and you haven't been exposed to Rachel before, I just want to say Rachel's one of my favorite people. Um, I have always loved participating in Rachel's CEO retreat. It's an incredible retreat that Rachel offers both virtually and in person where you get an opportunity to mastermind and plan with other CEOs. Um, One of my favorite things about it is getting to know the other CEOs that are participating in this, but also the fact that we're not just setting goals, we're actually breaking those goals down into like a 90-day plan, and then breaking that plan down even further into weekly action steps and baked-in accountability to transition ourselves into not just a CEO mindset, and the difference between that and a manager or employee mindset, but also in how we spend our time, CEO actions. <laughs> anyway, I could go on and on about Rachel. I have a feeling that you're going to love Rachel as much as I do. So I'm going to encourage you that as you listen to this episode, if you find the subject matter interesting, if you love Rachel as much as I do, go ahead and Open up your podcast app if you're listening or if you're reading the article, open up another browser and do a search for Promote Yourself to CEO or the CEO Collective. Now let's get this conversation started. The Fought Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people, which is known to many as Maryland, United States of America. If 2020 has taught us anything, it is that we must make explicitly clear the values that we have in our brand, in our business, and in the culture of our communities. We have seen the impact of what happens when people say one thing, like, this is a safe space for women, but do another, where they actually cause harm to the women they've created a community for. So today, I'm really excited to bring to the conversation India Jackson to talk about how to make crystal clear your values in your business and your marketing strategy. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me each week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. When I was getting my MBA in the early 2000s, we talked a little bit about things like vision and mission and company values, company culture. But honestly, a lot of it was kind of generic. A lot of it just ended up sounding like generic platitudes, just a few words that you slap on a wall. And they didn't really mean anything or 
bring up anything for the people who worked at that company or for the clients that they served. But in the last couple of decades, we have seen a huge shift from a vision statement and a mission statement and company values just being something you slapped on your annual report to something that actually mattered. And this year has been a turning point, I feel, in companies who have clear, clear values that they are leading from, that they are communicating from, that they are making decisions from. And that is why I am really excited about this conversation today with India Jackson. India has been someone I have respected and admired for so long, ever since we met a few years ago. And we have gotten to know each other even more, especially in the last, I would say, six months when I started working more intensively with her and Erica Corday, who was also on the podcast a few months ago. I hired India and Erica Corday together. They co-host the Pause on the Play podcast, but they have interesting specialties that really complement one another. Erica focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion work, and India is focused on branding and marketing. And those two things together were such a valuable mix to bring to the table in my business because it really allowed me to do a deep dive into our values as a business to make crystal clear what those values are. And now that we've gotten that clarity, now that I have documented what they are, I've been able to completely transform how I show up. I've been able to step into next level leadership. I've been able to lead conversations that are so crucially important this year more than any other year. And for a long time, I thought the values that I had were clear. I thought surely everybody knows that if I'm here to grow this business, supporting women entrepreneurs, I'm growing this platform to help more women entrepreneurs, then surely they knew that meant all women entrepreneurs, right? Black women, brown women, Asian women, Native American women, LBGTQ women, they knew that, right? Well, if I wasn't being clear, if I wasn't being explicit, then no, they might not know that. And through the work with India, we found a lot of opportunity for me to be more crystal clear. Everything from how we onboard new clients to the imagery that we use on our websites to the Q&A to the policies that we have in the business to the way that we hire. These values have become a huge part of every part of my business. So I'm really thrilled to have her on the show today. So if you're just meeting India Jackson for the first time, she is the CEO of Flaunt Your Fire and the co-founder of Pause on the Play, the community where she helps entrepreneurs show up and own their power from a model and bodybuilder to a published photographer. For 10 years, India watched as talented professionals were forced to adopt identities that were sellable, but not authentic. Her brand visibility agency and podcast now help clients ditch stale marketing tactics, break out of industry molds and build authority by being themselves. India is a first generation college graduate who earned a bachelor of art in design while working full time and launching a business. She's been featured on Altitude Summit, RebelCon, She Podcast Live, and is trusted by leading brands across North America, including Christian Dior. 
I hope you love this conversation. And of course, I can't wait to hear your insights about it over on Instagram. So make sure you tag me at Rachel Cook and tag India at Flaunch Your Fire. Okay, let's dive in. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. And today I have a very special guest with me, my dear friend and colleague, India Jackson of Flaunt Your Fire, is joining me to talk about something that is so incredibly important, and that is living and doing business by your values. So India, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me today. I was really excited that you agreed to come on because I have been working closely with you and with our friend Erica Corday on this work, on making sure that we're living in alignment with our values and that our business is in alignment with our values, which is easy to kind of dismiss. I feel like often coming up in the business world, we are you know, told we should create things like mission statements and value statements, and they all start to sound the same. But I would love to hear from you, you know, how did you get into doing marketing in this way? And how has this all come together in your business journey? Yeah, so it's an interesting um, journey, but I'll give you the Cliff Notes version is that I found myself in the position of model and then transitioning into the position of photographer, photography agency owner. And one of the things that kept recurring to me that I was seeing in both sides of the camera is that people were adapting these identities that were sellable, but they weren't authentic and they weren't necessarily considering their long-term legacy and reputation. And so I found that, especially with uh, the models that were doing things like music videos and things like that, the consideration of what they would be known for when they're older and having to look back on themselves as being the girl that's like half naked in the video. It's not necessarily the legacy that they wanted to leave behind. And so as I transition into creating a safer space for people to create the image of themselves that they wanted and needed to get ahead in business, I really began to dig deeper with them. Like, is this what you really want? You know, what do you really want to be known for? Um, and then let's begin to build the image, the marketing and the branding and create the relationships and connections that you need to actually get there because that may not be what you've been doing in the past. I think this is so interesting because it feels like, especially in the last you know, 10 years with social media and everything, the rise of all these influencers, it's almost like there have become these archetypes of how you should show up. And I remember there have been many times where I went to work with somebody on my marketing or my branding and almost felt like they had this prescription for here's how you should show up if you're a woman working with women. Here's the pink, here's the sparkles. Let's go get some photos in like a ball gown on the beach. That was very popular like five years ago, everyone. It was terrible. Everybody was in prom dresses on the beach. And I was like, why? What does this have to do with anything? But it- Slightly want to vomit. <laughs> yeah, and it's, but it's still a challenge because I think often we look at everyone else and we're like, oh, that's what I have to look like in order to succeed. And we don't think about, well, how is this actually going to help you? Is it going to help you long-term? And is it real? Is it actually who you are? Yeah. And I think that part of the challenge with that 
um, like you're in this industry or you're this type of person. So your branding or your marketing messaging needs to be like that. Number one, it's putting you into a stereotypical box. So there's no way that you're ever going to stand out from your competition that way because you've just gotten branded like the rest of them. Number two, it creates a lack of diversity in what we're seeing as possible for us as like the younger person who's aspiring to be the type of business that you have or have that type of business for themselves when they get older. And it's also creating a lack of diversity in the marketplace where consumers who are needing coaching services, for example, or a business coach or your product, don't feel like they have enough options to actually speak to who they are because all the options look, feel, and sound the same. And I don't know, I personally feel like part of how we got there is we started out from a branding perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a business structure perspective, looking at what are we selling and who do we want to sell it to? Instead of actually, who are we and what do we believe in and what are we looking to kind of create change and what kind of impact do we want to leave on the world? Those are really different questions to ask as you're beginning to build that foundation of your marketing, your messaging, your branding, and your business. I love that you just said that because when we're branding from the outside instead of from the inside, it does lead to challenges. And I've had this experience before where it's led to clients who weren't a perfect fit or who didn't really like resonate once we got into the nitty gritty of their business. And that's not fun for anybody. We want people who are working with us who are really on the same page, who appreciate what we have to say, who really understand where we're coming from. So I agree. It needs to come from the inside out. What about this whole thing though? And this is, I think, where it's been such a long journey for me to wrap my head around talking about what you believe and your values so openly and publicly, because this has been really challenging overall. I think for me coming from a very traditional business background where it's like church and state, you know, like you don't talk about your personal beliefs. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics. And I'm pretty much talking about all of the things. Now my family is like, (laughs) what in the world are you doing? My dad seriously can't believe that I say some of the things that I say, but I'm like, this is important to me. And I think we need to talk about it because our businesses are, you know, they're not personal and that they're not me. It's not me. That's my business, but it's an extension of me. And the culture I'm building is an extension of me. So I want to dig into that. Like, how do we navigate this whole like old school belief of don't talk about what you believe? Don't talk about your values. So the first thing is that if you're finding yourself feeling like you're not clear on how to do that or why you should do it, or you're struggling to do it, or you feel like you're failing at it, like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. This is something that's on a lot of people's radar, especially right now as this is being recorded. So know that it's not just you. Most people have a challenging time with being, what I like to say, taking their implicit ideas and values and being explicit about them, being upfront instead of just having people assume that you feel this way or think this way. And I think that in order to have that conversation, we also need to look at like, what's different? Why does this matter even more now than it did yesterday? And when I think of what's different, I feel like consumers have changed. 
Mm -hmm. So culture has changed, but also like consumerism has changed. We have so many options. Um, It's funny. I had to go pick up some supplements from the store and I went to like an organic store. And even just in this one supplement called maca root, I had five different liquid options of the supplement. And then I had another five different options and brands for a powdered pill, you know, and then another option to get it in a jar whole where I can grind it myself. (laughs) I'm like, there's so many options for just this one supplement. So I have decision fatigue on a regular. And I think that this is true about any product, but it's also true about services as well, especially when we get out of being in person, buying things into going online. You have so many options as a consumer of who you want to spend your money with. So when we have to make the decision of what coach or what service provider or what product we're going to invest in, something has to differentiate them beyond just the product itself. Because at the end of the day, my maca root is maca root, whether it's liquid, powder pill, you know, it's still the same product. So now as a consumer, because I'm still a consumer too, I have to begin to ask myself, why am I going to choose one brand or another? And part of that is realizing that when I am spending my money, every time I pull a dollar out of my pocket, I am voting with that dollar to say that this business stays in business. That's powerful. So if I am voting with my dollars for something, then I want to feel good about the choices that I'm making with my dollars. And how can I feel that way if I don't know what these brands are doing behind closed doors, how they're reinvesting back into communities, who they're employing? But I want to feel like what I am doing is something bigger than what I'm buying as a consumer. And I think that many people are starting to feel that way too. I agree so much. And you can see this in national headlines and news. It's because we have access as consumers to so much more information than ever before. Like the tables have turned where before companies could be a little bit more secretive about their business practices or what was going on. And now everybody's a journalist. Everybody can share updates. Everybody can dig in and, you know, disseminate information across the world. And we think about here in the U.S., I'm thinking about Hobby Lobby and all of the press they've gotten because of their leadership challenging, like recently with the pandemic, they had a lot of stuff hitting them around the pandemic and not wanting to close stores or anything like that, but also their policies around their women employees and birth control. Like that's been in the news a ton or Chick-fil-A and how the founder has sent, you know, money to support anti LGBTQ. I don't know that they should be called charities organizations to try to change people. And it's caused a big outpouring of, well, don't go there. Don't buy those things. And a lot of people have turned away consciously from that. And those are two pretty extreme examples, but even I know a lot of friends of mine here in Richmond are into the whole sustainable fashion movement. And they're Mm -hmm. looking at, you know, where are your clothes made and trying to educate people on fast fashion and not only the environmental impact, but the economic impact when a lot of fast fashion is manufactured in these terrible, horrible conditions where people are not being treated well, not being paid fairly And sometimes even being injured or dying because of the conditions that they are in. So the idea of voting with your dollars, it does sometimes seem like, yes, we have examples of why we should go after that. But what about for us small businesses when we are looking at working with a coach or 
a marketing strategist or a website designer, when you look at them, it does often seem like we don't have as much information. How can we tell what their values are? That's a really great question. And sometimes we can't because they're not saying anything about them. But I do think that not saying anything about them and really uh, being in silence about their values also sends a message. And so it's part understanding that for the brands that you want to invest in, but it's also understanding that for your own brand, that if you're being silent about your values, that sends a message as well. One of the ways that I start is looking and digging, I'm going to be honest, down the rabbit hole of people's websites, their social media. If they do public speaking, like the CEO of the company does public speaking, I look at what events are they participating in? Is there any diversity amongst the speakers? Because diversity is a very important value for my brand. And then also I look at if they have their own podcast or if they do their own blog and they have guests for that. What am I seeing happening here? What kind of guests do they have? Um, maybe diversity is not the number one thing on your particular list. It may not be for everyone, but maybe it's uplifting the voices of other women. But if all you see are white men, you know, that's not supporting that or that sustainability piece. But if you're seeing them inviting a lot of brands to participate in things that are a part of throwaway culture, then that's not really supporting what you believe in. So we can go down the rabbit hole, but I also think that sometimes there's an opportunity that if you really want to work with a brand and you're not sure to just start the conversation, because sometimes it's not that they don't believe in something, it's that they've kind of gotten stuck and how to share that. And they don't know what to do. Mm. That's real right now too. People are afraid of being canceled for saying the wrong thing or putting it out there imperfectly. I think the cancel culture has made a lot of people very scared that they will be called out. And we've seen in the last few months, especially in June with the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of people in the online coaching, consulting, education, marketing space who did get called out for their lack of response when they have clients or people who've bought from them who were black women and they were feeling very diminished that the person that they had bought something from wasn't showing up and declaring very publicly and explicitly their support in validating their experience. So it's becoming more and more important definitely to show up. And I think when we're afraid, because we're afraid we're going to be canceled, that means first we've got to do some internal work. And that's, I think, the first thing. Like, we don't all have to be, like, panic posting something when things show up in the world and put ourselves kind of in that that space where we could end up feeling like we're going to, you know, put our foot in our mouth or have to back up a little bit. Yeah. What would you say about that? What do you think the first step is when they're trying to figure out all of these things? Um, I think the first step is really getting clear on your values. So if you haven't laid out what your values as a brand are, how you feel about things, where you stand with them or what you believe in, then you don't have that compass documented to know what you will say, what you won't say, what you're going to support, what you're not going to support and how you're going to respond to things. 
it's the values work. It feels really frivolous sometimes. And it's something that I find that people in the past struggled to sit down and make the time for, but I can guarantee that once you've done it, it literally gives you a blueprint to say every decision I'm making, even if it's posting the black square back in June, I think it was, does this match the values I have on this list to do this? And then I think the second piece is once you have those values laid out and you know your brand's core values, which might be different than your own. So let me say that Mm -hmm. too. It's getting curious about why are you going to participate in something that you see others doing? Because sometimes not asking why and not doing a little bit of research on what you see everyone else doing (laughs) can actually be harmful. One of the things we've talked about outside of this interview before is like everyone posted the black square, but they were hashtagging it as black lives matter. And that actually silenced the voices that were being amplified at that time, but they were doing it because they saw everyone else do it. Not because they really thought deeply about each piece of what they were doing and the consequences of that. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is we can't wait until we are in that panic driven state where we're being reactive This is a proactive thing that we all need to be working on as the leaders, as the CEOs of our business, because without that core, you know, values that you have for your business, it's going to be really hard to know how to respond thoughtfully (laughs) in integrity (laughs) with what matters most to you. And it's going to get really easy to be pulled into something because of guilt or shame or fear that you're not doing it right instead of having a really clear vision of like what you and your business stands for. Absolutely. And I find that many people have a hard time figuring out what that thing is. And so if you're listening, you're like, oh, okay, I need some support. Like I know internally what this is, but I don't know how to get this on paper into words for others to understand. I feel like one of the first places is actually not your business. You're still a human behind your business and you still have other humans within your business, even if they're contractors, not employees. Um, You also have other humans that participate in your business as clients or customers. And I think that a good place to start is really um, getting clear on what you as an individual value, Mm -hmm. because if you can't stand behind something as a CEO, then how is the brand going to support that? It's just going to be misaligned and you're going to have a really hard time with that. So looking at your values, clarifying what's important to you is step number one. Step number two um, that I really like to look at is your team and your clients. What do they care about? What's important to them? Some of those pieces may get integrated into the brand's values. Some of them may not, but at least you have some clarity in what you've attracted so far. And you can also begin to see when you start answering those questions, are there some misaligned pieces or misaligned people here as well? And are there some that are like, this is awesome. Everything on my list and everything on their list is really, really similar. And then I think another great question to ask yourself is, what do you want to change in the industry that you're in? Or Mm. what do you want to change in the world? That's a huge question. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that's a huge question because... I am often someone who gets more clarity from the things that I disagree with or that I don't like than the things that I do agree with. And I think sometimes when we get so focused on, oh, I love what they're doing, or I totally agree with them, we miss the opportunity again to differentiate ourselves. So looking for the things that you disagree with 
can actually be a great way to stand apart. I think that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I found that when we can identify that, then we can also now take that last step and say, what are our deal breakers as well? And so if you've assessed each one of these things and your deal breakers are on this list, now it's easy to go in and figure out which ones are the most important ones to be a part of the brand's core values. And when I think of deal breakers, a great example for me personally, for Font Your Fire and for Pause on the Play, is diversity and individuality. And the reason that that's a deal breaker, and what I mean by that is if someone attracted to either of those businesses does Mm -hmm. not value those two things, it's going to be incredibly challenging, if not impossible to work together. Well, that became a deal breaker for me and was very clear because they inform the way that we do everything. We believe in variety. We believe in people going against the status quo and being more of themselves and giving them permission to flaunt their own fire. And so if that's the lens that we work from, then someone who is just wanting to fit in or have a lack of diversity or a lack of inclusivity, we're going to keep bumping heads. It's going to be really hard to support them. For you and just knowing about your business, I find that that's really wanting to amplify voices and to eliminate financial poverty for women. So if people don't value financial equity for women, like it's just going to be really challenging to support them. Yeah. Or even with that clarity, it for me, getting to the point this year, I was like, hey, I want to eliminate financial poverty for women entrepreneurs. It really steps out of, I think, women who aren't really taking their business seriously or who it's just a hobby or it's not a way that they really want to make a big impact in the world. This is bigger than us. And I think that has shifted how I show up. It's showed up in how we've shifted the brand and what we're working on. So yeah, having that clarity, I think is huge. And it doesn't mean that all the values have to be related to like a social justice issue, obviously. (laughs) I mean, some of the values that you really helped me hone in on is embracing ownership is one of ours. Like I literally have it on the website and this became really important because I was getting so frustrated with clients who were such a great fit otherwise but sometimes would just stay stuck for such a long time. And same thing with some team members who were wonderful. Otherwise, they embraced a lot of of values otherwise, but they didn't embrace ownership of their role in the relationship. And that led to nobody getting the results that they wanted to get. And that was frustrating for me. So now that that's clearly out there, it's part of what I can talk about. Like, hey, it's on you to take this and run with it and make the thing happen it's a whole different type of culture that we're pulling together with that more at the forefront. Well, and I think that one of the most important things that you said that I don't want to be lost is that you added that to your website. You began to talk about these things more. They were no longer implied. You know, you're being very explicit about them. And as you begin to be more explicit about your values and infuse them into your marketing, infuse them into your podcast, your speaking engagements, everything that your brand touches, it's going to shift who you attract. And you're going to attract more of the people that are like, yes, I'm here for these things. And I love these things about you. And this is exactly what I want to support. You know, and it's also, you know, truthfully going to weed out some of those that are not on board for that and just kind of framing that as they're making the space for the aligned ones. Yeah, absolutely. So could you share any examples of businesses that are doing a great job of leading with their values? Do you have any 
that stand out to you as great people or, or brands or businesses that we should all check out? So first I would like to say you, but if you're listening to this podcast, they're already checking you out, but I think that you're doing an incredible job with being more explicit with your values, as well as personally knowing you for a long time. I've seen how you live those values out behind the scenes when the camera's off, when the mic is off and no one's paying attention, you're still infusing these values in every decision that you're making. And I think that that's important to see it on both sides, not just behind the scenes, but also front facing. And I find that people can kind of tend to do one or the other, but not both. So definitely you're at the top of my list. (laughs) And then I'd also like to add in uh, Ginkgo Public Relations owned by Cher Hill. She's doing an incredible job. Yes. She's one of her biggest missions is really um, amplifying the voices of marginalized groups and making sure that they're getting um, the press and the visibility and that, that they're tend to have a hard time with the media just in general, as far as press features really struggle with diversity prior to some of the things that happened this year. And even with this year um, or 2020 having more amplification of diverse voices, more amplification of diversity in the press, it's already tapering off. You know, you're already seeing it start to fizzle out. And so her brand is really highlighting women as well as minority-owned businesses in a very unique way on their Instagram account. And then I'd also like to throw in um, One Clothing. They're a apparel brand. Um, They have really funny like fitness t-shirts. I love the brand, cool designs but they've always kind of branded themselves as fitness for everyone. Mm -hmm. And you see that in what they offer. There's a lot of diversity in who their ambassadors are and the way that they support them. They have everything from pro bodybuilding athletes that wear their apparel to um, regular everyday people, you know, and that diversity is there. I love that because these are industries which their values will help them stand out so much because it's so different from most of the types of businesses in each of those industries. Most fitness and apparel industries are not known for valuing diversity or inclusion. Most PR companies definitely are very much it's who you know, and it's the same circles of people again and again, which locks out other amazing people who would really have a lot to offer. So I love those two examples. We'll have to link them up in the show notes so that you can go listen to those. So speaking of these examples, how do you showcase your marketing with more of these values? How do you make sure that the values are front and center? Like you said, being explicit, short of actually just having a value statement on your website, which we can all manage at least that. But how do you make sure, like you said, that every part of your brand is actually reflecting the values that you have? Well, number one, I like to say that we can't see the trash if it's on our own roof. And keeping that in mind, we have to audit. And that audit needs to be from an outsider because you can't necessarily objectively see what's going on in your own business. And then once we have that audit down, like, okay, so audit and you're like, what are you looking for? You're looking at your visuals. Um, By visuals, I mean your photos, your graphics, your colors, are these things aligned with who you want to attract? Are they aligned with the energy that you want your brand to be perceived as? And then also your verbal. 
So are you talking about your values when you have talks? Are you integrating these values into who your podcast guests are, into the topics you're covering on your podcast? Um, These are great places to look at. And then also your written. So we all do emails if we're in business. We all have social media captions. These are great ways to keep those conversations going. I find that a large part of our network tend to show some of the CEO within their business. It's not like a a business where you have no idea who owns it. And so one of the easiest ways that is something that I think gets missed a lot is like your day-to-day life. You know, if you value being eco-friendly, are you showing that your client gifts are using crinkle paper instead of bubble wrap? It's something really small and Yet it stays with people like, oh, this is what this can look like. And I know when I buy from this company or I know if I'm buying um, clothing from this apparel brand that they're packaging it in eco-friendly mailers, you know, and those little things go a long way to resonate with your audience. I love that. So often it's the little things that we kind of don't think about every day just because it's so ingrained in what we do. And I know this is one of the things that I really took away from doing these deep dives with you is you have this different perspective kind of looking in from outside of my business of where I'm doing a great job talking about something, but also where I can do an even better job. So having that outside perspective, I think is just invaluable. So as we're thinking about, you know, being more explicit with our values, talking more about these things, bringing them into your content, into all of your marketing messaging. What if somebody doesn't agree with us or gets upset with us? I know this is something that I've navigated, not myself as much as helping some of my clients who've been really all on this journey of imperfect allyship. And some of them have gotten emails saying, I don't want to hear about this from you. You're a Etsy store or (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And they would just, you know, people send some mean things as you're making the shift. So what insight or advice do you have for anyone who's worried about being more explicit, especially for values that not everybody will share? Well, number one, you can't get the email if you never talk about your values. So if you're worrying about that and you haven't actually done anything yet... (laughs) (laughs) let's do something before we worry. Let's get into action first. Um, Number two, remember your silence sends a message. So if that fear being canceled, if that fear of getting the nasty email is keeping you quiet, remember that your silence sends a message too. If someone starts to look at your brand and say, I want to invest in them, but I'm not seeing what they're doing beyond what they sell, what they care about, Mm -hmm. or the change that they're making in our world in some capacity or another, then they're going to move on because your silence is sending the message that you're not doing anything and we don't need that. And then the last thing that I would say in regards to like, if you haven't taken action yet is remembering that even if you choose not to share your values, people are going to assume what they are. So you might as well let them assume that it's the right things. (laughs) Absolutely. The worst thing that can happen is people stay silent and they don't talk about the things that matter to them and then people make an assumption or your team doesn't know how to handle situations or you end up in that panic zone where you're worried about what you should do next. When you have this foundation, it does make everything easier. And what I have found is it also gives me so much more to talk about because <laughs> yes. I definitely found myself multiple times, you know, over my career 
where I have to create content. And I'm like, well, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to talk about. Having this clarity really helps me know clearly, like, what are the messages I need to put out in the world? What is my point of view? What do I really want to say? And what is most important that I can lead the way with that can be reflected in, in the work that I'm putting out there? So anyone who wants to do this kind of work with you, I think you and Erica have another values workshop coming up, right? We do. Um, You can learn more about it at pauseintheplay.com and there's an events button there or pauseintheplay.com slash events. It's called From Implicit to Explicit, Leading Through Your Values. It's a masterclass where we go through and we lay out all of the values that we talked about of you, your team, your clients. We then break down which ones should be within your brand, help give you some languaging for that. And then we also identify what shifts might happen or need to happen and who you identify your ideal client as based on those values to make sure that these clients are still going to be on board for those. I think it's so important. And I I find that like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm ready to start talking today, even prior to signing up for something like that, it's just to remember that, you know, as you start to share your values, you will get those responses back and that's okay. But remember that those that are saying, you know, why are you sharing this? Or I didn't sign up for this or these kinds of things that you mentioned, Rachel, you know, they're also sending a signal that they don't want you to be your full self or have any opinions, whether they agree with them or not. And I think that as a society, we've been through so much in the last few years that like now's not the time to call in people that are silencing you for good, for bad, for ugly. So these kinds of exercises can really help you get clear on who's there and then who you want to call in more of and who is able to even potentially respectfully disagree with you, but keep that conversation going. Yeah. There's a quote, I don't know who said it, but it's along the lines of you can be the juiciest, ripest peach and someone out there will still say, I don't like peaches. So you you don't have to appeal to everybody. And this is, I think, so important for us all as leaders to get more comfortable with that idea that we don't have to just blend in out of fear of what might happen if we stand out. Because on the opposite side of that is you attract amazing people, you resonate more deeply with them. And as I've seen in the last few months since going through this process with you, you get more amazing clients in the door who you're really excited to work with because you're on the same page. And that's really exciting. Yeah. And you're able to connect in such a deeper way than I think we would be if we just kept everything so vanilla and surface and safe and fitting in. So it's just that extra layer of having something more to connect with over than just what you sell. And your values is a great way to do that. I love it. Well, India, thank you so much for joining me today. As always, it was a great conversation. Where can everybody learn more about you? Um, You can find me over at Font Your Fire. We have a podcast on Apple, Spotify, all the different channels, and then also on Instagram at Font Your Fire. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did. I love talking with India about these types of topics because she always challenges me to go deeper and she sees something that I often don't. It's like she can see 
the sides of myself and my brand and my business that I take for granted that just don't click to me because it seems like, well, of course, everybody knows that. So if you are ready to dive deeper into this values work, I highly, highly, highly recommend going to the implicit to explicit leading through your values masterclass coming up. They host us a couple times a year, but there's one coming up at the beginning of 2021. And I think it will be incredibly helpful for you to have that solid foundation to build every part of your business from. It helps you with your marketing and your communication. It helps with making sure you're attracting clients who you actually love to work with. It helps with knowing how you are going to respond to big things that are coming up in the world without like that knee jerk panic reaction because you have that solid foundation. And it helps internally in your business with your team and making hires and making sure you're building a culture from the ground up where not only do you love the work you do, but everybody that you have working with you loves the work that you do. I think that's so important as we build this next generations of businesses. We want to build the type of businesses that we all wished were out there when we were first getting started in our careers. So let's think about that. And I encourage you to go check out the implicit to explicit leading through your values masterclass coming up. All the details are at pauseontheplay.com slash events. Now for the full show notes, head over to rachelcook.com slash show. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. We'll talk soon. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business. It can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?